Welcome to the Century 21 Foundation Series, an introduction to our unique process and how we help agents build better businesses, defy mediocrity, and deliver extraordinary client experiences. Let's get started. Welcome back. Dylan DeBrain here, broker owner, Century 21, and... Angela Fisher, the agent development director. And this is a second installment of our foundation series where we're talking about how we help our agents build better businesses. And today, guys, we're going to dig very specifically into what we call our unique process, which we've really labeled building a relational real estate business. We want to dig into how we help our agents build relational as opposed to transactional real estate businesses. So let's get started. Let's camp on that thought for just a moment. So relational, let's dig into that just a little bit more. Um, Relational business, what does that mean? Well, it's a big idea. And uh, I said this earlier, there's lots of ways that a brokerage can run and there's lots of things that agents or a brokerage could focus on. But we start with two very, very simple ideas. And the first is um, people first, relationships over transactions. We believe we're in the people business, not in the lead creation business, not in the transaction management business. We serve people, people in a beautiful uh, transaction. Well, it is a transaction, but a beautiful process. Mm -hmm. These are people who woke up and they're pregnant and they need a new home. These are people who sometimes are getting divorced and need to sell their home. But it's a very human experience. And we get to be a part of this transaction in people's lives and serve people. And so we start there. If we focus on people before the transaction, we believe we win. And there's a second idea that's very, very central is this reality that in in our marketplace, in day-to-day life, the way humans function is is very interestingly by referral. So much of how we do business in the world is by referral. So two examples I always give to this. The first, if if you're... um, if you eat at a great restaurant or if you watch a great movie, the next thing you do, the first thing you do the next day is tell people about it. Absolutely. And no one's paying you to do it. Right. You just do it because we want to share good things. And we also want to share bad things with each other, which is why there's so many bad reviews floating around on Facebook these days. But that's because we care about each other and we want to share the good and help each other avoid the bad. So we refer naturally. No one paid you to do it. The second thing we know is if you're looking for a high stakes need, let's say you need a babysitter or I don't know if you're a lady and you need a new hairstylist in town. Very important. You don't go to the yellow pages. Where you start is trusted advisors, friends, family that you know and like, and you go to them for recommendations or referrals. Absolutely. And so the point is we're in the people business and people naturally refer. And so building a real estate business by referral that's relational is kind of a common sense starting point. The problem is it's not where most real estate brokerages or agents start. Mm -hmm. So that's where we begin. Yeah. And so what is that goal? Like, so what does that do? If you kind of start with people first and working by referral, then the goal is to what? Yeah. The, the, the bigger goal is not just to get a lead because of uh, a referral. It's actually to create such a remarkable experience for the clients that we get to serve that at the end of the sale, we're not just winning a commission check or, or even winning someone who would do business with us again that we're winning what we call an advocate. And our entire system is built around the idea of creating a remarkable client experience so that the end product 
is an advocate. And what an advocate means to, to me and to us yeah. is someone who ultimately will go to bat for you. There's someone who wants their friends and family members to do business with you because of the way you made them feel, of how you took care of them. And so it's about being exceptional. And I love the word remarkable. It's yeah. about creating a remarkable experience because by definition, a remarkable experience is something that you remark on. Mm -hmm. It's something you tell people about. Now, when you get what you paid for, then the transaction is done. But when somebody goes above and beyond and makes you feel special during a transaction, especially an emotional transaction, like buying a house, you want to tell people about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And so we're banking on that idea. Yeah. And everything's about creating exceptional client experiences to win advocates to produce a business by referral. Yeah. When people think of real estate, they think of you. And so when they hear somebody whisper, oh, I'm thinking about buying a house, they're like, oh my gosh, you have to use this agent, my agent. They're the best. Um, so yeah, that's our advocates. That's our What's ideal. interesting about an advocate there that you described is it wasn't that someone even came to them and asked for a recommendation. Yeah. They just talked about buying a house, which people do every day. And an advocate is someone that jumps in and says, oh my gosh, you need to talk to my agent. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's dig into how we accomplish this. So um, we call this, again, our unique processes, which is where our focus is today, which has three main ideas. One, take control of your leads. To craft a remarkable client experience so that in doing so, you create this tribe of advocates and then they become your biggest source of leads through repeat and referral business. Um, yeah. So what is that? Well, like? I, I love the picture we have in our workbooks right. for this and because it really is a, a process and you got to build it one building block at a time mm -hmm. and yet you got to build them all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And in time, if you do this right, you do produce an outcome where most of your leads can come from referrals from your advocates, but it is a system. And we've got to work through each of these components individually in, in sequence but when we put this together over time, and, and patience is such a big part of yes. building a business correctly, because it's easy for us to just chase short-term leads. And it's not that we don't get to do that. But if we can be systematic and intentional about building a business that works for us and ultimately has this goal of creating a tribe of advocates, uh, well, that's the sweet spot that you get to land in one day and have a remarkable business for yourself and your family. Yeah. Intentionality and patience. Those are the two biggest words I take out of that. So, all right, let's kick off with uh, part number one. We have to take control of our leads. And again, we kind of think of this in two ways. We first coach on agent archetypes and then building your five spokes. So agent archetypes, what is it to help dig into that a little bit? So this is a concept we really borrowed from a coaching company that we were involved in years ago. And it was so impactful as we shared this with our team. It was impactful for us too, because I don't think most people start with this idea. All, all agents are not created equal. And we do come to the table with different unique abilities and different skill sets and different styles of sales. Yes. And so real simply, the different styles of sales is you might be more of a direct communicator or a more indirect communicator. Think of this as being a little bit more extroverted or introverted. Mm -hmm. And then across the other spectrum, left to right, you might have a preference to work more in the warm lead space, people you know already, like and trust, and or the cold lead space. And across those that little spectrum, there's really four different types of agents. We have networkers at the top right-hand side. We have prospectors, direct but cold. At the top left-hand side, we've got our converters, um, who are indirect and cold. And then we've got our marketers. And each of these different categories need different systems, tools, training, budgets, and direction 
And what we do is start there because we want to guide agents into a space where their lead generation is a function of what they're naturally energized by and gifted to do. Mm -hmm. And when you start there, you get to have more fun building this business. Yeah. And I, I think that um, was hugely enlightening to us as well, because it's not about the transactional versus relational. You can be a relational converter. You can be a relational prospector. So it's not the same left to right as, you know, just thinking about this holistically. So it doesn't matter which quadrant you're in. Yeah. We're going to be helping you as a converter, networker, prospector, or marketer build a business by referral. Yeah. But where we start, is as we generate, well, where we're going to go here, yes. five spokes, how we pick our five spokes and right. how we build our lead generation plan initially to feed the funnel is going to be a function of where we live in our archetypes. Yeah. And I always want to say, like, you know, people have a natural inclination to pick one archetype space over another. But when you're new, when you're building something, you might have to live in spaces that are maybe not your most favorite or where you want to eventually end up. Um, and you might surprise yourself in trying some things that maybe would live in different archetype spaces too. So it's not about like fitting in perfectly into one space or not that everybody gets to start in one perfect space where they want to end up. Um, but yeah, so it, that was hugely in, wh- wide opening or eye opening for me, I should say. Um, but yeah, we can do this differently. Well, this has been eye opening for some of our top agents yes. who've been selling for 15 or 20 years and have very successful businesses, but struggled to yeah. involve themselves in certain elements of the business. Certain types of lead generation strategies just didn't feel right to them yes. and it wasn't comfortable. And, uh, and so then understanding this is liberating and empowering to go focus your energy and your attention where you actually thrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Know where you are and where you want to go. Um, so then once we identify maybe an archetype or a few kind of where we think we might land, um, this helps us build our five spokes. Uh, so start with just from the top of what is five spokes. Another idea that we we borrowed, uh, I think what we've done a great job is finding the <laughs> best ideas Absolutely. and bringing them to the table and making them practical. But five spokes is a, is a concept. And it's just that we, we need to build out a diversified but intentional action plan to take control of the top of our sales funnel. You know, so much of real estate looks like you get your license, you show up and, and you don't realize you first and foremost are in the lead generation business. And you can either wait for your brokerage or your market or your friends uh, to magically show up to buy houses, or you can develop an action plan that you believe in that fits your archetype to go and get in the path of business. You know, what we love about this business is it's happening whether you're involved or not. Absolutely. People are buying and selling houses every day, and it's not because we created a demand. They had the demand. It was organic. It's in the market. And if you're not going to serve them, somebody else will. Your job, first and foremost, is to ensure that you've got an action plan to position yourself in front of your target audience so that when they decide it's ready to time to buy, sell, or ask questions, um, you're there, you're available, and that's a big part of the business. So Five Spokes is about diversity. We start with multiple different intentional streams of lead generation. You might be have one of your spokes be your, your sphere of influence. Absolutely. But then we want to take that further and figure out, well, what's your action plan with your sphere of influence in the first six to 12 months? Right. Another one might be something like Zillow, but that's going to take a budget. And so we need to think through, well, where's the budget going to go? Where's it going to come from? And where are we going to allocate that in terms of markets? 
We may have a spoke that involves sending out market reports or farming a geographic neighborhood or a region that we live in. It might be about intentionally working inside of a, a subgroup of databases that you're in, like uh, perhaps your kids are in sports. Right. And so intentionally positioning yourself in a way to brand and market yourself in front of that group. But what we know is we need to not have one Mm-hmm. source of leads. We need to not be dependent upon anybody else for our source of leads. We have to create a system where we know that we can fill the top of our funnel. And uh, we know that if we do that, we produce better results. It's hard work at first, but that is the first step to building a real estate right. business that works for you. Absolutely. Know who you are. Um, take that and build your own. Take control of your own leads by building your own diversified lead generation strategy. And when we say diversified and we say this word f- like five spokes, right? Five isn't necessarily perfect, um, but you have to have more than one to create a business, to create your lead flow. And more than five is hard to manage. So that's kind of why we say five is kind of ideal, but somewhere around that number. Nothing magic about the number. Yeah. It's an idea. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, the importance of that whole piece of part number one is the importance of understanding you are in the lead generation business and you need to take control of your leads. Well, agents have this, uh, I, I both love and hate this. We, we love to say, I'm not in the sales business. I'm right. in the service business. And really that's true. And completely not true. (laughs) And so on the one hand, yeah, it is beautiful. We're not trying to peddle a product or sell something. We're the product, our knowledge, skills, availability, and our capacity to consult with our people. But the, the reality is, at the same time, if you're not able to procure opportunities, if you're not the person people call, if you're not in front of people when right. they're ready to buy or sell, you're not going to get an opportunity to do any of that service. So, yeah, we are, we are in the service business, and it's a wonderful experience to serve clients. But first and foremost, we start with every day recognizing we are in the lead generation business, and we have to position ourselves so that when... The people we know, like, and trust wake up. When they think of real estate, they think of us. Our success in real estate is directly proportionate to the number of people who, when they think of real estate, think of us. And if you don't have any leads, you have no business. So that's why we start here. Taking 100%. control of leads. Absolutely. Um, all right. So part two crafting a remarkable client experience. Um, so we bring this up a lot, defying mediocrity and delivering, delivering extraordinary experiences. Um, so how do we craft a remarkable experience for our clients through that lens? Well, so if goal number one is to get in the path and have right. the opportunity to serve people, right. then goal number two is to serve them in a way that well, creates our ideal outcome. And if our ideal outcome is not just a sale, not just a commission check, but an advocate, which is where we started, if our goal is an advocate, then we're going to have to create something remarkable for this human being going through this process. Mm -hmm. So that starts with being an expert in our trade. We need to be great at negotiations. We need to be great at inspections. We need to understand the process from beginning to end. We need to guide the client through that process and get this thing to close at the price that they want. But really, more importantly, is everything we need to be doing throughout that process. We need to understand that selling a house or buying a house is an emotional, uniquely human experience. When they're waking up in the morning and they pull out of their driveway every day and they see your for sale sign in in the driveway, that's another day that they are stressing out about if they're ever going to sell their house. It's personal to them. Now, you've got 10 listings. They've got one house and they're ready to move. This is deeply human. And so 90% of what we do, once we figure out how to master the hard skills of sales, is 
being a guide and a consultant and an expert advisor to people going through this process. And we firmly believe that winning is more to do with how we make the client feel through this journey than, than necessarily the outcome. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that I'd rather do right by the person. Remember where we started, yes. people first. Yes. And win an advocate who never sells their house with you mm-hmm. than to get a sale and lose a relationship with someone because we put the sale before the person and their feelings. So, you know, we have this little saying, people don't refer to the outcome, they refer to the feeling. You may sell the house yes. at full price, close on time, but at the end of the day, the seller just felt insecure, uninformed, yes. unprotected during the journey. And that's winning a sale, not an advocate. And our goal is the opposite. So yeah, we're very focused on the client experience. And and really what we're about doing then is teaching agents how, through a, a whole bunch of processes, right. but an ongoing journey, how to audit that client experience and constantly be working proactively right. create a process where the customer increasingly derives value from how you make them feel through the journey. Yeah. And some of that is, ex- it is experience, right? So I always say like, just learn the process, figure out the skills and things that you need because the consumer wants good negotiators. They want you to find the house that they want or whatever. But after you know that, like you said, the skills, taking the time to proactively, again, there's that word, look back What's working, not working? How can I make this even better, even more extraordinary? Well, and let's be clear. We got to be good at those skills first and foremost, because as much as it's about the feeling, it's hard to feel good when your house isn't selling or if they can't find the home of their dreams. So it's really a both end thing. But I think why we're so focused on the second of the two is that there's a lot of great agents out there that can find homes and get them sold. But there's very few waking up passionately focused on the client and their experience. And that's where we win big picture and long term. Yeah, I always think of uh, when you were talking about the sign in the yard, right? The the Joni goes levometer. <laughs> you want to get the household before they hate you. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, those those feelings are so important. And so we kind of lead to this idea of a second sale. You've kind of been alluding to this, but didn't specifically name it. So dig into that just a little bit more. Yeah, this is something we don't talk about enough. But backstage, we have this idea of the second sale. And it's really like, well, the first sale is about getting the home sold or getting the purchase closed or, and yeah, we need to be able to do that. But the second sale is this, is this bigger victory. And so we got to be closing for the first sale constantly, but the second sale is the idea of winning them as an advocate. And it's, it's actually the harder of the two sales. It's one thing to get a sale put together in a way that this person at the end of the day is satisfied with the outcome and would eight to 10 years later, use you again. Yeah. But to get them to become an advocate, to get them to want to intervene on somebody else's conversation and say, you've got to use my agent, they're amazing. Well, that takes significantly more intentionality and effort and really a different kind of effort because right. it's a different goal and a different outcome. I think the biggest tragedy in our business is that so few agents get this idea right? because it's not that hard. Right. It just puts a, it's a different set of blinkers, a different set of focus, a different orientation and empathy and, and, and what's so beautiful about it is it's what we would want someone doing for us right. if they were serving us. This is all common sense stuff. Right. The, the real work here is in practically figuring out how to do that with the client in a very, very complex transaction. Right. I think of the, um, 
when people close, like the statistic on NAR is very, very high for, yeah, of course Over we would 90%. refer and repeat, you know, we, of course we would refer our agent or reuse them again. But then the people that actually do at the end of the day, when they're ready to go sell again, or actually giving referrals is super low. I think yeah. it's in the fifties. Um, so it's, it's just very interesting to me that, yeah, this people don't get that second sell sale. So that's so important. Um, so yeah, we've taken control of our leads. We've got this idea um, of agent archetypes helping us build our five spokes to help us build a diversified lead generation strategy to take control of our leads. Once we have leads, we take great care of them. We create remarkable client experiences so that here's where we're going. Step number three, build a tribe of advocates. Um, so Tell me about what does that look like to really build a tribe of advocates? Well, I love the word tribe mm-hmm. um, because the idea here is um, that there's a whole bunch of people that we've lovingly cared for and served and provided remarkable experiences for and that we've then created a, a community of people who I guess know that you're in the business of working by referral. Um Word of mouth is something that we talk about a lot in the marketing space. And word of mouth is a very passive idea. We hope that someone tells other people about us. Working by referral is something more intentional. And so, yeah, this takes uh, building trust from this tribe of advocates and, in many cases, a community of people through client parties and functions that we put together where – all these people that we love and provide great value to can even get together and, and celebrate that. Um, but yeah, we, we think differently. I, I think a good way to focus on this is to think about the idea of a database. Yeah. A lot of real estate companies, the first thing you do is they say, take all the people you know. Write them down. Write them down and call them. And uh, well, I guess that's good. Except what are we calling them to say? Right. And so we're, we're less interested in calling the people we know. And saying, hey, are you thinking about buying or selling this year? Because if somebody made that call to us, uh, well, it's not a very comfortable call to I receive. I don't want that call. Absolutely. <laughs> um, there's a difference between that and intentionally trying to focus on a smaller group of people, build value into their worlds, and then helping them understand slowly but surely, hey, this is why I'm staying in touch, providing you updates on your neighborhood, providing you updates on the value of your real estate, your home. And it's because I really want to build enough value with you that one day, if you come across someone thinking of buying or selling real estate, I'm the person you would think about. Yeah. And you would actually hopefully refer them to me. Does that make sense? And most people, if you provide good value, they say, of course, that makes sense yeah. because that's exactly how they would want things to work for them. So a tribe of advocates is where we're ultimately looking to land. Yeah. And what's beautiful about this is you don't need a thousand advocates. You yeah. don't need a hundred advocates. Right. If you have 10 to 20 true advocates, these are people who send you consistently throughout the course of the year, friends and family members who are thinking of selling, just five to 10 people who truly have your backlog that really produce the foundation of a healthy real estate business. Yeah. And that's really where we're focused quality over quantity. That's what I mean. People like that whole list, right? I have to have this giant list of people, but really it's about, um, what do you say when you call these people and turning them into quality tribe of advocates versus like this giant list of database or list of people that you don't even know what they are, who they are, what they're going to do for your, how they're going to help your business. I would say. Which starts at the very beginning with the idea that there we're in the people business. Right. Exactly. If we view these people as just commodities that might buy or sell real estate, then that's going to shape how we communicate with them. But if we view them as our future advocates and we're earning, we're working to earn their trust, Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, that's a very different uh, set of tasks that we wake up in the morning focused on. And trust is a big word. That's, a, I mean, a, to me, a huge word. Um, so there's a way to go about this um, that is very strategic, actually. So um, when we're communicating with people, we're working to build their trust, and we can do this through um, our care and our competence. Um, so talk about the competence and the care and how we can kind of build that trust with people. So they, in like in my circumstance, I, I was Angela, the teacher, how do I become Angela, the trusted advisor, real yeah. estate agent? Yeah. And that's uh, that's language we've borrowed from Buffini yes. over the years. And we coach Buffini's material inside of our walls because they've been just huge in, in shaping some of this understanding. But those two C's that we really focus on are if we're focused on, on winning people's trust, the two C's we focus on is character and competence. There's mm -hmm. two things that people need to trust about you. You stepped into the real estate space and your friends and family members, well, they trust your character, but they probably know that you're new at real estate. Yeah. So they're not too confident about your competence just yet. Yep. So the work to be done there is to provide helpful insights into their worlds, the market, real estate, such that they start to go, oh, wow, you really know what you're talking about. And and so step one is to actually start know to what know you're what you're talking about, about <laughs> yeah. which means investing in a lot of learning and a, a lot of market data. And, and that's what we spend a lot of time with our new agents focusing on. Other people might trust your, your competence, someone that you meet uh, as a client at an open house and you show them some properties and they're like, wow, you're good at this, but they might not trust your character yet. Yeah. And so both of those sides are what we're working on. For someone to be an advocate, they're going to have to know we're good at what we do and they're going to have to know that we care about them mm -hmm. and we've got their back. Yeah. And so both of those we're constantly working on in all of our client interactions, whether it's someone that buys a house with us, someone we meet at an open house or just our friends and family members, because all of them we're hoping our potential advocates down the line. Yeah, character, know, like, and trust us, right? And then ha know that we have the competence and has to, it's a good balance of both. And competence to me, I mean, Buffini coaches this as well. And I said the word care earlier, thinking of um, you build competence and we do it relationally in kind of an 80-20 rule of um, competence, information, value gives, and, um, you know, 20% of just, I really just am checking in, care about you personally, those kinds of things. So it's a good balance and a way to build that competence um, and the character, both sides of that, I think. So, um, okay, so let's take it. You mentioned word of mouth versus referral. Um, what is the difference between these two? Because I think it's a very... Um, very important for people to understand the difference because they don't necessarily go about it the right way if they don't understand this difference. Yeah, I mean, we've touched on it. Word of mouth is just passive. And it just means that if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm hoping that yes. people will refer. Or, you know, I think the, the ultimate picture of word of mouth is I'm going to hand out business yes. cards. And this is what realtors do. And somehow they think that if they hand out business cards to people, my business is they're going to, number one, keep the business card. Number two, have it around yes. when they bump into someone thinking of buying or selling. And then number three, the greatest miracle is actually hand that business card to somebody else. And I guess the fourth miracle would be that that person then keeps the card and actually calls you. Mm -hmm. And so handing out business cards, faces on bus benches, billboards or anything else. Well, those are, I don't know, kind of passive mechanisms. When, when we think of working by referral, I guess the key word there is actually working. working. <laughs> and, and that means waking up with an intentional plan, starting with your five spokes and your database to intentionally build trust through character and competence into a group of people and then helping them understand your business model. Yeah. And that means having the tenacity and courage to start with your mom 
and oh, work your ahead. way down <laughs> and say, hey, listen, this is my business model. My goal is to provide so much value to you, whether you buy or sell anytime in the near future, that when you come across other people thinking of buying or selling, you would want to refer them to me. And that's how I run my business. And so that takes time, energy, effort, yes. and a system. Yes. And so what we work on here is helping agents systematically build a plan of attack and, you know, again, like you said earlier, Angela, the first six to 12 months, we're going to work to take every lead we can. And yeah. we're going to work hard to work some business that one day we may just refer on to some, someone else. Get to say no to. Um, so we're, we're going we're gonna to work any, any opportunity we can in that first year. But, but our, our goal is to intentionally start to narrow our focus more and more to the referral-based side of this business, which is the sweet spot. Absolutely. And it, yeah, it doesn't happen by accident. It takes time and intentionality. So give it, lay the foundation and give it time. It, it, it will come back around. Um, so I guess wrap this up. So we've talked about those three ideas, taking control of your leads, building a remarkable client experience um, so that you have a build a tribe of advocates. Um, why does this all make sense? Like how does this all really fit together globally, I guess? Well, what's so ironic is when we talk about it like this, um, it's hard for me to imagine that anyone could not understand how much sense this makes. And if, if you've only been in the walls of our organization, you would think that this would be the obvious place that everybody starts. Right. The reality about real estate is because people start with a transactional mindset and a scarcity mindset, right. they tend to focus their time and energy on something different, uh, chasing every single lead they can um, and working to, to close every possible sale as quickly as they can. And they're missing this beautiful opportunity inside of that transaction to the second sale, the yes. bigger goal, the greater outcome. And so, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. If you, well, you got to start in the right place. You got to start with, we're in the people business and you got to start with our core values. Uh, you got to want to provide to other people what you would expect from them. And, uh, and that's who we're looking to partner with. And that's not everyone in this business. But if you do, if you truly think that buyers and sellers deserve better, yes. if you truly believe that you don't deserve any sale unless you first create more value for the client than what they're going to pay you in commission, um, if you're obsessed with the client and their outcomes, meaning you actually care about this buyer certainly more than the sale, um, but uh, you care about them as a human being and you want to create the outcome that fits with their needs, their hopes, their dreams, their fears, and their concerns. Well, if you're obsessed with the client experience, you're just going to naturally win, win advocates. advocates. Mm -hmm. the, the hard part of this business, yeah, is certainly learning how to navigate the sale. But the real magic is in getting that down pat and adding on to that a layer of humanity and care that produces the much bigger outcome. So it's it's perfectly in intuitive. There's no part about this that's rocket science. Right. And yet it is the magic sauce it that is. differentiates the best agents in the world from everybody else. And if you can be in that first category, this is an amazing business to be in. And yeah, and I always go back to just give it time. Like we, you said magic sauce. I always kind of think of the magic year. Like we really do see this come to fruition for a lot of people if they've laid this foundation correctly in that third, fourth, fifth year, that's when the, the magic starts to really show the fruits of your labor, I guess. Um, so the best part of all of this, let's put it all together. These three things can create this list of like three ideas um, that we want to dig into just lastly here before we wrap up. So we believe if you do all of this right, you give it time, you're systematic, do all of these things, you will have an increased ROI, clients that you love, that's probably one of my favorites, um, and then a better business. And there's that word again, a better business. Um, so 
what is increased ROI? What is why? Well, it costs money for most people <laughs> to run a business, but also to generate leads. And a lot of people, if you look at the industry right now, are spending, well, if you look at a lot of the referral-based business that's out there, Zillow, etc., people are paying upwards of 35% referral fees just to have the opportunity to get the leads. Get those, yeah. But if you can truly do what we're talking about here, and we're not making this stuff up, a lot of our agents are doing it the cost of acquisition of a lead is about the cost of a cup of coffee, right. a lunch every year with people. And, and frankly, these aren't just strangers. These are past clients that you enjoy their company that become friends. Mm. Your cost of lead acquisition goes way, way, way down. And the better part, if we think about clients you love, is that friends and people that care about you, your advocates, they're not going to send you um, their least favorite person. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Birds of a feather flock together. Yes. And so good people know and collaborate with other good people. And frankly, they defend you from the bad ones. And so all of a sudden, we get to lower our cost of, of acquisition, our, our, our lead generation expense. We get to spend our time engaging in lead generation strategies that we actually enjoy doing, spending time with the best people and providing value to them in the way we would want we get to work with the highest quality clients. Now, let's be honest, this is not an easy business. Right. And even the best clients are going through a very, very stressful transaction. And part of what we do is help them stay level-headed and, and help them navigate this emotional experience. But when you deal with a higher quality person mm -hmm. who was referred to you by a friend who already trusts your character and your competence because they were told by someone they love and yes. trust that you can be trusted, well, that absolutely changes the client experience from day one with these people. Absolutely. So ROI for sure. We can we can be more profitable in this business doing it this way. We can work with better people. And ultimately, that all culminates in a business that's actually fun to own, a business that is producing a great return. And that return isn't just about the money. It's a return right. on the money. It's a return on your investment. But it's also a return in terms of satisfaction and the opportunity to do something you love every single day. Now, it's hard work, uh, but I, I don't think anything good comes without hard work. This is just hard work worth doing. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that increased ROI is not just about money, because I was thinking as you you know keep describing this, of course we get good people, but you know there's, there's people that we maybe don't want to work with, but when you build your business this way, as we've said, you don't have to necessarily work with everybody. You now can work with this target group of people that are really our clients that you love. And so oh, that's ROI for me. I can maybe work less um, because I get to be with people that I really love. And I get to say no to some of the people that I maybe don't want to work with. Which so for means me, you get to give yeah. more of your time, energy, and effort to people yes. that truly value you, who you truly value. And I think the whole world could work a little bit better if we all started with this basic idea. This yeah. this really works in, in spaces other than real estate too. Yeah, absolutely. It just is very freeing, I guess, I, I think, when you get to that place. So um, so ultimately, the bigger picture of all of this, let's put it all back together again. So this unique process um, with these three different parts um, that create these three ideas of the results, um, what's the ultimate bigger picture? Yeah, I mean, this has been so central to what our organization's always been about. We we talk about this idea more than more. Well, this right. is actually on the More Than More podcast. Yeah. Uh, that came from a, a phase of our business where we would walk down the halls and you'd encounter an agent who'd had a great year or a winning year. 
and maybe their record year. Yeah. And you'd see panic in their eyes because they'd go, well, I just don't know how I'm going to do even more next year. And, you know, there's a, there's a beautiful opportunity here for us to be focused on something bigger than just increasing our sales volume or the number of clients we serve or um, our, even our earnings right. and certainly our awards. Uh, we get to impact and improve the lives of our families. We get to impact and improve the lives of people around us. We, we get to be involved in meaningful transactions, but we get to go be agents of change in the world. And so there's something beautiful about running a business this way because it's freeing us up to really focus on well, what really matters. At the end of the day, we sell houses for a living, but we get to serve people for a living. And, uh, but, but even that's just a means to an end because I think what we're all looking for is to matter and to spend more time with people we love and do things that matter to us. And I think that real estate allows us to do that. So this meaningful lives idea is a very real thing. And, Absolutely. and again, uh, at the company level, that's why we've been able to go get involved in Impact and Orphans of Tesso and the other initiatives. And real estate is the vehicle that's given us that opportunity. But it wasn't just real estate. It was real estate that started with people first, mm -hmm. that was about building businesses intentionally and about placing the person ahead of the sale. And if we start there, we're just pretty confident we win. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is the whole overview of the unique process. Where we're going next is digging in even more um, to the top into archetypes and five spokes. So um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on our Century 21 Foundation Series. For more resources, other episodes, workbooks, and guides, head to c21foundations.com.